let me introduce myself for those that don't know me. Uh, my name is Kurt Kiefer. Um, I am an elder here at the bridge. Um, it's a privilege um, and a responsibility, and um, I uh, definitely love uh, everyone here. I'm excited to see you guys today. Uh, my lovely wife, uh, amazing wife, Marianne, is sitting in the second row. Um, <coughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and we have a 15-month-old daughter named Josephine, um, who uh, who's pretty awesome. Um, if you don't have a pen uh, near you, it's probably because she stole it. Uh, and it's sitting over there in that general direction. Um, but, uh, you know, we're at a really fun age uh, in her life right now um, because she just greets everything with so much wonder. Um, it is, uh, it's fun to see just her discover new things. Um, everything is new. Everything is really interesting to her right now. Her favorite word is, ooh. Like, when she sees something, it's, ooh, ooh. Um, it's just, uh, it's cool to see uh, that, that much wonder uh, in her. Uh, we took her on a walk the other day to the park, and uh, we were passing this magnolia tree, uh, which, you know, I pass that every day and pay little attention to it. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, there were uh, some leaves on the ground, these yellow, big yellow waxy uh, leaves, um, and she was just enamored with this leaf and had to pick it up and, like, was carrying it to the, like, ooh, and carrying it to the park, and she'd drop it on accident, and then she'd have to, like, backtrack and pick it up. Um, and, and it just was, um, we still have it, actually, in the house um, <laughs> because she just, <laughs> just loves it. Uh, and, you know, I never really paid much attention to it, but, you know, it's pretty cool. Leaf is, leaf is cool. Um, which uh, brings us to our story for, for today. Um, and this is a story uh, of Zacchaeus, um, which, um, you know, I, I, it's cool that, that little children see the beauty and wonder in things that we often take for granted or think are too simple. Um, and the story of Zacchaeus is one that, you know, if you've grown up in the church, you probably have heard it a um, hundred times. Um, you've at least sung the song multiple times. Um, but I think you may be taking it for granted. Um, and if you've never heard the story, if you're a new believer, um, then uh, it's one of those stories where you could read through the gospel and you could easily skim past it because Christ is doing all these miracles um, and he's about to uh, die on the cross for us. Um, and so you can easily kind of skim past it. It's, it's 10 verses and it's really easy to, to miss. But what we're going to do is, is not miss it uh, today. We are going to study it. We are going to try to meet it uh, with the wonder uh, of a little child. So I'm going to read the text and then we'll pray and get started. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. 
And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I just restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of God came to seek and to save the lost. Almighty Father, um, God, we praise you. Uh, We acknowledge that you are Lord, um, that you are in control, and that we are not. Um, God, we thank you for uh, your word. Uh, We thank you for all the stories um, and all the truth that is written in it, God. Um, Help uh, speak through me today. Uh, Please open everyone's hearts uh, to your your spirit and to um, your leading, God. Um, and help us take a close look um, and understand more about your character and your goodness uh, through this story today. In your almighty name we pray, amen. So I'm going to hit the story in stages. Um, I like to talk in bullet points, um, and so we're going to hit the story in stages and, and go through it, um, and then we'll get, to, uh, uh, we'll get to the application at the very end. So... Let's look at the background, and then we're going to look at a character, look at who Zacchaeus is, um, then we'll go into his encounter with Jesus, um, and then finally we're going to look at the impact of that encounter, um, and then after all that we'll go into, um, go into the application. So the background, um, all right, where are they? So they're in Jericho. Um, Jericho is about five miles west of the Jordan River. It's about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem, um, and you may remember Jericho, you've heard the stories from the Old Testament. Uh, this is not the Old Testament city. That city was destroyed, but this was rebuilt uh, close by. Um, so it is very close to the Old Testament city, but it's not exactly um, at the site of where the Old Testament city was. Um, this is a Jewish city under Roman rule, and at this point it's a very wealthy city. Um, Jericho is the crossroads of trade, um, trade routes. It's also a, a very fertile land. Um, it's got great agriculture, uh, basalm, figs, um, and it's got a milder climate than, than Jerusalem. So a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, folks, wealthy folks of Jerusalem actually had winter homes, if you will, in, in Jericho. Um, <clears throat> so where are we in the story of Jesus and his ministry? Um, I like to think of this as a traveling story. So uh, Jesus is, is nearing the end of his ministry. Um, him and his disciples are traveling to Jerusalem, and they're passing through Jericho, right? The first, first verse says he was passing through. Um, you know, we like to, uh, the bridge, we've talked about this before, but a lot of Jesus' wonderful ministry is done along the way, as he's passing through, as he's going to somewhere else, somewhere greater. Um, Jesus finds the time um, uh, to perform miracles and, and do wonderful ministry. Um, so just before this in Luke, we see that, uh, Jesus has healed a blind beggar, uh, who cried out to him. Um, and so there, there are, uh, um, and then later, I guess in chapter 19, you see that Jesus triumphantly enters Jerusalem, is praised and worshiped. Um, and then of course, after that starts the passion, uh, the last supper, and then, um, ultimately his trial conviction, um, and resur- uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Um, so there's really, really, really important stuff uh, going on um, at this time. Um, 
and, and again, Jesus is just kind of passing through Jericho. Um, so as Jesus is traveling along with his disciples and these, you can imagine he's healing people, he just healed this blind man. Um, there's a buzz around him. He's about to be welcomed triumphantly into Jerusalem. There are a lot of people surrounding him, and there's a lot of buzz about him. So as he's walking through Jericho, people are coming out of the, the town to, to see him, to see, you know, who is this guy that people are talking about um, that's doing these great miracles. So as we get there, we, we, we come to the, the second character of the story um, here in uh, the second verse. Behold, there is a man named Zacchaeus. So we get four uh, descriptions on Zacchaeus in the next couple verses. Um, we get his name, his occupation, his economic status, and then a physical descri- description. Um, his name, Zacchaeus, um, it's a Jewish name, uh, so we know or we can infer that he is Jewish. Um, it, the Jewish name actually translates to pure or righteous, um, which is actually a little ironic um, as we get to the next things about him. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of Bibles, there are a lot of stories in the New Testament about um, Jesus doing amazing ministry, but often their names aren't um, noted um, other than Jesus. Um, so, so the question is, well, why is, uh, is Zacchaeus' name in, in the Bible? Um, so it could, it could be a couple things. One is, you know, it could be the... Um, both the irony and then the, the restoration of the pure, uh, righteous name of Zacchaeus, which is what I like to believe. Um, but it also could be that, um, you know, he was an important figure in the early church, and so he would have been known when people are talking about uh, Zacchaeus, the, uh, the chief tax collector, um, who had a great conversion story. Um, which hits us to our next, next thing about him, his occupation. He is the chief tax collector in the region. Um, so a note on tax collectors, I think I've spoken on tax collectors here more than anyone else, uh, and I, it's just really odd, uh, and I am a CPA by trade or by career, um, so it, that could be what it is, but uh, uh, I don't know. Um, the, the Romans had a system of tax where um, the tax collectors in each region uh, would be actually the indigenous citizens of that region, so, um, you know, in this region of Jericho, you know, they got a, a Jewish person to preside over the tax, and because really, they would know what's going on in the city. They would know where all the uh, all the wealth is being accumulated. Um, they would be able to, you know, basically tax things better than, um, you know, an oppressive uh, Roman um, citizen could. Um, and uh, this this system of tax, um, it's interesting because, you know, these tax collectors basically had to report to Rome and say, "We're going to collect this much tax this year." And then it was their responsibility to go collect that. And if they collected more than that, um, then they would be able to keep it. If they collected less than it, then they would be on the hook for it. So that is ripe, uh, ripe system for corruption. Um, definitely prone to corruption, and that's uh, noted throughout the Bible. Um, so we know he's a Jewish man in a city under Roman rule, and he's collecting taxes from his fellow citizens. Um, which, as you can imagine, when you're collecting taxes um, from an oppressive, um, an oppressive nation that you don't want to... If, if Canada invaded us tomorrow and, um, you know, they, they instituted Matt Stevens to collect the taxes uh, for this service church, we would and, they would... and they used their tax rate, which I think is much higher. 
Now, we probably would be very, very upset about the oppressive nature of Canada's rule, but also at Matt for, for doing that, um, especially if he was ripe with corruption. Um, not only is he a tax collector, but he's also the chief in the region, right? So he's got other tax collectors beneath him. Like he's sort of the, the head of the pyramid scheme. So all of the other, everybody else's, um, his, his, his underlings, if you will, um, you know, their corruption rolls up to him. Um, so that brings us kind of to the next thing that we know about him, which it says is that he's rich, um, which, which makes sense if you think about it. It's a, it's a rich region. It's a very wealthy region. And he's got a team of collectors beneath him. Um, so uh, we can imply that he's very successful at collecting taxes because he is rich. Um, and then you can further imply that they're some of it may be impro you know, improper. Um, and then we come to our last description of him, which is probably what everybody knows most about him um, from the, the children's song, is that he was small in stature. Um, so he was short. Um, this, this, again, is a, is a very, the author uses very descriptive terms for Zacchaeus, and, and you got to ask yourself, well, why is he doing this? Um, why are we going into that much detail? Um, and, I, and I think it's uh, to put him down, uh, to denigrate him, um, so anyone who's reading it would automatically believe that this is someone who is a sinner. Um, this is someone who um, is just a breaker of the law, um, and this is someone who's unworthy. But uh, there's something that, uh, which is awesome about Zacchaeus, we see in, in verse 3 and 4, is that he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Um, now, Jesus is entering the city, and there's crowds of people around him. People are craning next to see who he is, and, and Zacchaeus is short. And maybe he's not, maybe he's being pushed out because people don't like him. Um, whatever it is, um, he, can't, he can't get a good look at Jesus. You guys ever been in a crowd that's just been huge? Um, we, uh, we were lucky to go to the, the Astros parade downtown this year, which was massive, right? I mean, hundreds of thousands of people in downtown Houston. Um, and it was, uh, you know, uncomfortable and hot, um, and it was, uh, you know, really exciting, but also it was very hard to see and hear, um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a lot. Um, now, the, the Astros parade, you know, the, the Astros champions, the world champions, they rode in on um, fire engines and, and big trucks and buses. Um, now, Jesus didn't ride in like that, right? He was, he was walking. So in order to see him, uh, Zacchaeus, a short man, um, a wealthy man, probably dressed in nice clothes, does something a little odd. So he, uh, he ran on ahead. So he sp sprints ahead and he climbs up into a sycamore tree to see him. Now, the sycamore tree, this is a sycamore fig tree. It's it's in indigenous to this, this area. It's not like the sycamores we have here. Um, it's about 30 to 40 feet tall, typically a shorter trunk, very wide, strong branches. Um, so he runs up, he climbs the tree, um, all just to catch a glimpse at Jesus. Um, so what's happening here? Um, you know, this is, you know, most likely um, 
the scholars believe that, that the, um, how it's worded in the text is that he's really just curious about who Jesus is. Um, you know, he's heard about Jesus. Uh, he's doing all these miracles. And, and really, Zacchaeus is just, just curious. And so that, that act of climbing the tree, um, we don't know what's happening there, right? It could be, could be God tugging at his heart ahead of time. Um, we don't know, but wh- whatever it is, we, we get to the next interactions with Jesus, which, which really get a, uh, give us a great understanding of God's character. Um, in verse 5, Jesus came to the place he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. I love this part of the text because um, Jesus is demonstrating his sovereignty. Um, he's demonstrating that he is all-powerful and all-knowing um, and has control of everything. Um, Jesus knows Zacchaeus by name. They didn't know each other beforehand, uh, but Jesus, um, Jesus knows who he is. And in the context of what was happening in his life um, and where he was going, he was passing through Jericho. Um, he had really, really important things to do in Jerusalem um, to fulfill God's will. He had the triumphant entry, the Last Supper, crucifixion, the resur- death and resurrection, uh, the reconciliation of, of sinners to God. Um, that's, that's Christ's mission. Um, yet, no interaction is too insignificant for God. Um, so, amongst all of this happening, that Jesus has to get to Jerusalem, um, he stops, um, and he calls Zacchaeus by name, that no moment is too small for our big God. That God is, is both detailed, the minute detail, and he sees the big picture. Um, you know, he's, he's got the microscope on, on everything, um, but he also has just the, the full view of the universe and of time. Um, what an amazing God. Further... Um, Jesus tells Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. I must. Like, it is imperative. Um, I have all these important things to do, but, you know, when an all-powerful God must do something, it will be done. That's God's will. And all this was met with grumbling by the crowd, um, which, you know, are some townspeople who, you know, don't like Zacchaeus and his status, um, in town, um, certainly it could be some Pharisees, um, and they see it as well. He must stay at the sinner's house. Um, that's just odd. Not at the not at the house of a local religious leader. Not at the house of um, some other decorated citizen. Right. I mean, he's basically staying at a, um, a house of somebody that um, they think terribly of, um, and who is a sinner. And we find out why later in verse nine and ten. Um, so that God's mercy and sovereignty is fully, more fully revealed. Uh, Jesus said to him, Today's salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. 
For the Son of God came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man, um, and this is uh, what he refers to himself most often. If you were uh, around this summer, we, we did a series on um, the names of, of God, and um, I believe we talked about the Son of Man. Um, he is fully man and fully God. Um, all of Scripture has been pointing to this coming of this Son of Man uh, that's going to reconcile lonely man to a lofty, righteous God. All authority, when he says this, all authority of heaven, um, he's saying all authority of heaven uh, is given to me um, to carry out that mission. And that mission is, this is the point of the passage. This is the simple leaf that we pass by every day and we just don't pay attention to. The mission is to seek and to save the lost. That's it. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And we see that with Zacchaeus, right? We know Zacchaeus has fallen short. Um, we know that he's um, sinful. Um, and we know that he's rich, right? Um, and if you look at the, the, the previous, uh, previous chapter in Luke, uh, Jesus encounters a rich young ruler. Um, and the rich young ruler says, Jesus, I, I want to get to heaven. How do I do it? Um, Jesus says, well... If you kept all the commandments, he says, yes, I've done this. I've checked all these boxes. Um, Jesus says, well, give all your money to the poor. And the rich young ruler was sad, Jesus said. You know, it's, uh, it's more difficult. It's very difficult for a rich man to get into heaven. But we see that with Zacchaeus, that he is rich, right? Um, and Jesus' response to the rich young ruler after that is, and, and to, the, to the disciples around him, is that what's impossible with man is possible with God. So we see that here, that Christ's sovereignty, um, anybody can be saved. Uh, Zacchaeus, um, looking at comparison to the rich young ruler, uh, they're both rich. But Zacchaeus was called, and it's all from God, right? This is a salvation, salvation that's the work of God. It's not the work of man. Uh, finally, we see, you know, Jesus is, uh, he cares for the lost and for the sinner. Um, you know, throughout the Gospels, there's parables of things that are lost, lost coin, lost sheep, prodigal son, um, and it's important to remember that if for something to be lost, um, it must first belong to someone, right? Um, for something to be lost, it must first belong to someone. So acknowledging that um, ultimately, you know, we belong to Christ, we belong to God, that when there's, when one of us is lost, um, that is a, um, and we all are, uh, that is uh, something that Christ um, desperately wants to return. And that's actually not like a new characteristic of God, right? I mean, if you look at um, Adam and Eve, they sinned, they hid from God, and God sought them out. God has been seeking sinners, and throughout history, he's been carrying out this plan 
to save sinners and to seek the lost through the work of Christ. And that's, that's where we are. That's the crux we're at at this story. Um, and so we see with Zacchaeus personally, he's confronted with God in person, and Zacchaeus is saved. Um, and then he responds and bears fruit. So what we see from this is that salvation is the work of God, right? It's only the work of God. It's not, it's not the work of man. And it can happen in an instant, right? God can make anything happen that he wants. He is sovereign over all. And we see from Zacchaeus a faithful response. Um, so look at, look at Zacchaeus' response. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him joyfully. So with urgency, he responded. With rejoicing, he responded. And then later, with a full change of heart. Um, we see Zacchaeus in uh, verse 8. He stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. So it's clear that Jesus and Zacchaeus had a profound encounter. We don't know what happened in between when he called him down from the tree and uh, when they walked to Zacchaeus' house and how long uh, time passed. But um, what we do know is that, uh, that there was a drastic change in heart. And that's only possible uh, through Christ. Zacchaeus gives up his earthly idols, and he restores wrongs that he committed. Um, again, you can compare that with a rich young ruler who was um, unwilling uh, to do anything with his idols. Right? He was unwilling to, uh, to part with his money. He was sad um, because he was trying to work out his salvation alone, not with Christ. Um, but by allowing Christ to do that, um, Zacchaeus is able to respond um, by great lengths, um, prompting a change of heart and just an amazingly merciful act on his part to give up half of his possessions. Um, the change of heart is confirmed by Jesus when he says, today's salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. So he calls him the son of Abraham. Um, Abraham is the forefather um, and up until this time, you know, the you know, Jewish nation thought that he was a forefather uh, by birthright. Um, but, you know, Paul writes in Galatians, and, and John the Baptist also says that, you know, it's those of faith who are, are the sons of Abraham. Um, John the Baptist said, I can, these, God can make these rocks the son of Abraham if he wants. Um, so we see that. Zacchaeus is called a true son of Abraham, not by a birthright because he is Jewish, but because he has faith in Christ and he has a drastic change in heart. So what can we, what can we learn from this beautiful and simple conversion story um, that you guys have all sung about for years? Um, the main point is that Christ came to seek and save, and he came to seek and save you. You know, maybe you haven't fully accepted the truth of God, or like many of us, maybe you've accepted it, but the words just become routine. Um, the stories have um, become rote. They're starting to bore you, and your eyes are starting to glaze over. Uh, but Jesus, who's on his way 
saving others um, before you, saving others after you, um, saving others that are way more destitute than you. He stops and he looks at you and he calls your name. He says, Dave, I must meet with you today. He says, Heath, I must meet with you today. No matter what names others have called you or you call yourself, you're rich, you're a student, uh, you're an investment banker, you're a failure, you're a cheater. Jesus is looking at you and saying, Hannah, I must meet with you today. If you are here, if you're listening to this, Jesus knows your name. And he loves you, and he, God loves you so much that he knows you're a sinner, he knows you're lost, but he sent his son to gather you back in, to personally call you by name. That is your Savior. And from Romans, we know that there's, there's no one is righteous, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. But you're that loved by him that, that he's going to seek you first. And he's meeting you where you are daily. And, you know, what's, uh, uh, what's, what's amazing is that after the journey to Jerusalem where he was convicted and punished for our guilt so we could be covered with his holiness, so we could be called pure and righteous before God, um, we see that he just doesn't invite himself over for a day, right? He implants the Holy Spirit within us. There is a, this, his actual spirit dwells within believers, um, and that spirit is what allows us to respond uh, with mercy uh, to others. It allows us uh, to respond um, with fruits of the Spirit, right? Um, in Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of those only come from acknowledging who God is and drawing nearer to Him. And I, and I love the, the, the term fruits of the Spirit, but know that they're not the fruits of your spirit, right? They're the fruits of his spirit, which has been implanted in you as a believer. Um, so that's his work. You know, that's not our work. That's not your work. It's his work. Um, we can rest knowing that put your faith and trust continually in Christ, um, acknowledging that you are lost, acknowledging you need a Savior, and God will produce those fruits through you. Um, You'll begin to produce, um, and uh, you know, as you as you uh, draw closer to Him, you become more like Him. You become more merciful. Um, you become more faithful. Um, you're able to reach out to the lost, um, like He did. You're able to invite them into your home, um, and I challenge you to do that this week. Uh, we all know, uh, folks, that. Or on the fringe, or that are that are seeking, and not sure what for. Um, but we know we know Christ, so we can participate in that work with Him. Um, finally, if you have idols, um, 
if Jesus wants to liber- liberate you from those idols, like allow him to do that. Um, I just pray for a, a drastic change in that. Like Zacchaeus drastically changed. His idol was money, and he, he was called to give up half of it. I don't know what your idol is. It could be money. It could be, um, could be um, anything. It could be uh, your your looks. Um, it could be your family. Um, but you're called to follow Christ with everything, um, and not follow that idol. So, you know, in summary, I'd like us to leave today with. Um, just the acknowledgement that God is God is all powerful he is in control and that the son of man came to seek and to save the lost and let's recognize just what a beautiful amazing wondrous picture that is let's respond to it with awe pray with me Lord God um you are almighty. You are our Father. You are the creator and the destroyer and the just judge and the restorer, Father. You are the, the master planner um, in this life. God, we th- thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his ministry. We thank you that you... Uh, made a way to seek us out, to save us um, daily, and to include us in your work uh, for your glory, God, always, for your glory. And all these things, God, your will be done. Amen.